Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. If I have to beg, If I have my count correct, Saturday's game makes nine Pac-12 games for the Washington Huskies that have been decided either in the last 15 seconds of regulation or in overtime, and I'm wondering how in the world can Lorenzo Romar's heart take much more of this? Coach, how are you? I'm doing really well this morning. How are you? I'm, do- I'm doing great. Have you ever been around either as a player or a coach a season like this where game after game after game goes down to it? Uh, not many. Uh, here at the uh, University of Washington, nah, we haven't had that many where it's come down to the wire like this. It, it's really remarkable. And let's let's kind of start at the the end and work our way back uh, in that game on on Saturday. You, you take the timeout. You, you've got a you got a play set up. Uh, I guess presumably to go to Andrew Andrews underneath the basket. And then I see some sort of uh, you know scuffling isn't the right word, but kind of shifting of positions. You've got Chris, I think it was, trying to grab Dom Green. Hey, come over here, come over there. And meanwhile, DeJounte Murray's already got the ball in his hands. What happened? What were you trying to get done on that last inbounds underneath the basket? And then what seemed to be the the disarray there with those guys? Well, eventually we got the shot we wanted. Uh, I think what you might have seen was the fact that uh, Dom doesn't usually play that position. We have four guards on the floor mm. at the time. And Marquise just reminded him that he was supposed to set a double screen to get Andrew open to get the ball. So that wasn't really an issue because we got the ball to Andrew. That's what we were supposed to do. And once he got it, we were supposed to set on ball screen for him. He dives to the rim, and uh, DeJounte Murray, I think, was in the corner. He's supposed to trail behind the action to where if they slip up, one of the three should be open. But uh, the interesting thing about what ended up happening is Andrew got, uh, was able to take the same, almost the same exact shot that he took and made last year in Colorado. Right. The only difference, it was probably four or five feet over to the right as opposed to last year it was to the left. And last year he had a 6'10 Wesley Gordon on him, and this time he had a guard. He created space, which allowed him to get a – a really, really good look at the basket, and Andrew makes that shot eight out of ten times. It just didn't go down. Two separate, at least two separate, remarkable comebacks by you guys. But I guess as you, as a coach, would kind of shake your head and say, "Hey, I'm I'm not as concerned about the the comebacks. I kind of expect the comebacks. It's what gets us in the hole at the in the first place. Thirty three to sixteen. Later on, it's seventy four to sixty. You know what? What was the what was the reason? Looking back on film, uh, what was the reason for just the sluggish start? And then once again, you know, midway through the second half, that you guys just kind of falling off and letting uh, letting Colorado get in those big leads. Well, I can't give you a reason for the sluggish start. I, uh, we went out uh, to warm up in that game and in the locker room right before we go out. I mean, I'm looking at our guys' faces and we looked like we were ready to go. There was mm-hmm. no 
joking, no uh, distractions. We just looked very, very focused. And even the first possessions, uh, defensively, first couple of possessions, I thought we came out and we looked fine. And then uh, for whatever reason, we began to have a breakdown here, a breakdown there, and it just seemed like our energy was zapped all of a sudden. It, mm. it was it was, uh, it was was bizarre. Uh, but then we come back in the second half, and now we have great injury. We we force a turnover in the beginning. We we turn the ball over but go down the block to shot, and uh, we cut that lead down to six right away. But then I think uh, the thing that's kind of been biting us, it's been a consistent theme, is – we go ahead or we're making a run at a team and then we either turn the ball over or we may take a, 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 make a bad decision and take a poor shot, a contested shot. And that leads them out to breaks and they end up uh, either extending the lead or taking over. There's a fine line that you got to balance, I know, as a coach. When you have a team that is ex- as explosive as this one, that has as many offensive weapons as this one, is when you get the ball in transition, you want to see these guys go make a play quickly in the offense, and they're trying to do that. And at times, they're they're trying to make it too quick in the offense. I saw a, 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 a thiable three that was pulled up, you know, maybe four seconds into the uh, into the offense, and yet sometimes it works for you. So as a coach... How do you how do you kind of massage that where you say yeah yeah go 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 but you don't want to take bad shots too early in the shot clock either. Well, right? at this late point in the season, unfortunately, we're st- we're still working through that. Uh, uh, it's kind of a catch twenty two. The thing that allows us to score so well and uh, be so effective is the same thing that can bite us when teams get back and they're solid defensively. Uh, we sometimes it, it's fool's goal because at some point we're so quick and so good at getting to the rim, we're able to have our way and get there on a consistent basis. Uh, USC game uh, here, I mean, we just uh, and Arizona State more recently just kept getting to the rim time after right. time after time, and you're successful. And then the next time you play against someone that's really packing it in, when we have to, when we drive, we need to be able to kick it out and make those decisions, but we're still working through that. How'd you like the defense yesterday after, uh, I know, a Utah game where you didn't? Uh, Didn't like the defense in the second half of the Utah game. Uh, In the first half, uh, Utah, I thought we we did a decent job. Uh, Our defense, I thought, was uh, much better in the second half. Uh, In the first half yesterday, it was too spotty. There were too many times that uh, we we had breakdowns, uh, Mm -hmm. miscommunication, errors on defense but uh, in the second half it was much better can you explain the, the the switching defense that you're playing now I mean you, you've got the you've got these tremendous athletes at, at all positions and they are versatile and can guard different positions so I think uh, you know tactically it, it's obvious why you're trying to do it but it's a difficult thing to learn isn't it? I mean this isn't this isn't the type of defense that you can just have 18 and 19 year old kids know in in a matter of a couple of months well it, it's very interesting I was I was in attendance uh, with USA Basketball. I was a, a coach on the select team that, that helps coach the college kids that were coached, uh, playing against the Olympic team, the LeBron and Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and Kobe at the time, all of those guys. And I watched in person with my own eyes our guys go over the on-ball screen, how to defend it. And that particular day that I was there, I watched them go about 30 to 45 minutes. And you thought, there is no way that anyone's going to beat us on an on-ball screen because we're going to be well-drilled and well-coached. And sure enough, I believe it was Greece we played 
in the uh, with USA Basketball, and they sliced us up. <laughs> and what the problem was is that one guy thought that they were trapping, the other guy didn't. The next time, one guy thought they were switching, but they weren't. And sometimes if you're not on the same page, it can look like you're not doing anything. But that's with any defense. If you go zone, if you pack it in, if you just play straight man-to-man and you don't switch or whatever you're doing, if, if one guy breaks down, it can, give a, it can present a problem. And right. that has happened uh, for us uh, here lately uh, far too many times. And sometimes there is an exchange that looks like it's about to be a screen, but there isn't. And if you don't communicate and say stay home, we're not switching, then both can run uh, to the same guy. But it has been also, I think when we get burned by it, in, in the second half of Utah, we got burned by it way too much. But mm-hmm. the the trade-off is every now and then you get burned by it, but at the same time you force so many turnovers. And there are many times when teams abandon their offense and they just resort into going to one-on-one and we're able to get out and it creates offense for us. The defensive rebounding issue, uh, to my eyes, looked better in the second half uh, in, in the last game. You guys are such an explosive offensive rebounding team. You guys get above the 10 and can keep balls alive and, and keep possessions alive. The defensive rebounding has been a, a much bigger issue. Is it just you know getting into the gym and, and going back to the fundamentals of boxing out? Is it is it something bigger than that? You know what what process has to happen for you guys to become at least a cap- capable defensive rebounding team between now and the end of the season? Uh, continued awareness, and uh, there are times when we have boxed out and the ball is close to being in our hands and we don't quite get it. Nick. Uh, the other, it'll get tipped to someone. But uh, I think we have to be more aggressive sometimes when that ball comes off the board just to go get it. Sometimes we wait for that ball to come to us, whereas on the offensive end, we definitely go after it. We go get it, and we're sometimes just like a bunch of Dobermans up, up mm-hmm. there going after that ball. And uh, we don't go with it right now with the same uh, level of tenacity that we do on the offensive end. And then again, when you switch, uh, at times, uh, the the guy that you were guarding when they brought the ball down the floor is not the guy that you're guarding now, and uh, sometimes you you forget to go get that guy. Lorenzo Romar joining us as he does on a weekly basis. Brought to you by the Lorenzo Romar Foundation. Go to www.lorenzoromarfoundation.org to learn more. Hey, Coach, what's been the what's been the most frustrating part, and what's been the most exhilarating part? of coaching this particular team with so many 18- and 19-year-old kids? Oh, I would say the most frustrating part is things that uh, sometimes you take for granted that you're going to get. Mm. It takes a little longer. And uh, with our group, uh, there's certain things that uh, we work on and work on and work on, and uh, we haven't still haven't quite gotten it yet at this point, whereas with an older team or guys that are a little more veteran, they get it. They totally understand it, and that's no fault to our guys. It's just part of the process, and the most gratifying thing is just our resiliency and just our kids willing to play together and uh, not quit. Not The only time I thought maybe uh, we backed up a little bit was uh, at Arizona in mm-hmm. the second half. I thought we were overwhelmed and didn't know how to handle it. Aside from that, there's not been any game uh, this year where I thought that uh, we We've quit. I thought we've tried to play hard until the end. The results haven't always been what we would want, but 
it hasn't been due to a uh, just a, a quitting spirit. And with ebbs and flows, uh, the freshman ebbs and flows are much greater than the than the junior and senior ebbs and flows. And and we're seeing that right now with with Dejounte Murray, who had a, a couple week stretch of just amazing basketball, and, and since then hasn't quite uh, had that type of that type of play. Does is there any? Do you have any conversations with him, or do you just kind of let him roll through the good times and through the not so good times? Oh, we all we talk through things. Just uh, what's working, what's not. working working what you can get better at maybe how the defense is going to play him and how to how to get through that but uh i think we we also need to understand year in and year out there have been isolated situations where there is a freshman uh if john brockman had to come in and he's one of the greatest huskies ever if he had to come in and we counted on him for everything his freshman year I think we would have seen more of his warts. Mm-hmm. We knew about his warts, but he was playing with Mike Jensen and Jamal Williams and Brandon Roy and Bobby Jones, all these seniors that uh, he could kind of work through. And uh, Justin Dentman the same way. Quincy Pondexter as a freshman. Uh, Terrence Ross. I mean, there's so many guys that uh, we didn't necessarily have to count on uh, as freshmen. They were part of the group. But this year, You've got six of them that are playing the majority. Of, they're playing a lot of minutes and they're in the rotation. So the growing pains that uh, you go through are something that, again, is part of the process. But I, I am so proud of our guys up to this point, even with the games that we've lost here as of late, because we still have five games left in conference and we can still finish strongly. But I'm so proud at how our guys have fought and have come together with uh, with not have done done this before, uh, I, I couldn't say enough about what they're trying to do. I have a lot of correspondence on, on Twitter and email with a, with a whole lot of of Husky fans, and the excitement is no question there. I think you've felt that in in the gym the last couple times that the uh, you guys have played at home. But then there is also that that trepidation. There's the trepidation. Oh man, we're they're slipping back towards the bubble. There's also the trepidation of. DeJounte Murray, Marquise Chris, are we even going to see a team with DeJounte Murray, Marquise Chris, and Markel Fultz all on the same floor at the same time? You know, what would you say to, uh, to those fans that maybe are worried a lot about the latter and uh, any conversations that you've had with your freshmen about their future? I think uh, people pull for you, true Husky fans pull for you so much. They just want the best for your program. So I, I understand the the uh, potential stress on their minds. But uh, all, all I can say is that this group, uh, one, one of the things that makes this group special is that they have a lot of pride in this program. And I don't feel like one player on this team came here to do us a favor. I don't feel like one player here came here to rent out our program uh, to just help them get out of here as soon as possible. I don't think that was the mindset of any of them. So um, we'll let that take its course and, and, and see what happens. But I know these guys really love playing for the University of Washington. That's good to hear. That's good to hear because I'm not sure that you would have been able to say that for every guy that you've ever had at that program. So that's, that is great to hear from, uh, from the standpoint of these two guys that, that, are, that are unbelievable. How about a couple of the other freshmen that are, that are really starting to, to catch my attention, Coach? And I wasn't sure – 
you know, I, I, I'd saw, I saw Dom Green in high school at Hazen. I, I saw Matisse Thibel at Eastside Catholic. Liked what they, you know, liked what they brought to the, were going to bring to the program. Was not sure that they would have this type of impact this early. And those two guys, particularly over the last three, four games, really, really impressing me. What are they, what are they doing differently now that they weren't able to do? Or is it just a matter of getting, getting minutes and getting shots? There you go. They've, they've played games. They've, yeah. they've had reps. Uh, I think. I think sometimes we, we make mistake the mistake of watching uh, Jalil Okafor and the other kid, his name escapes me, uh, Tyrus that played at Duke, and Kellen Winslow, guys like, those are special, special players. Yeah. Not that ours aren't, but you're talking about guys that are going in and making an impact in the NBA right away a lot of times. Uh, you look, they look at them, and Anthony Davis from Kentucky, guys like that, and you say, well, why can't these guys be like that? Well, with the Matisse Stiebels and the Dominic Greens of the world, and, uh, and, and even if you look at how Marquise Chris is playing right now, they've gone through the process. Uh, they've played games. They've mm-hmm. made mistakes. They've had success up and down, and they're finding their way, and they're just improving as we go, and that's pretty normal. That's kind of how it usually works, where uh, freshmen come in, and sometimes they can look great in the beginning. I remember Quincy Pondexter in the preseason, his freshman year, had a game we scored 20 in one half against Arizona. It looked like he was only going to be here a year, but then the scouting report came along, and they started to take away his strengths, the things that he really did well, and it made it tough, and then it took a while, and then finally he, he went through the process, and Caught up and being, I ended up, in my opinion, being the best player in the conference his senior year. But it, it takes a little time sometimes, and these guys are starting to develop and starting to mature, and it's it's fun to see that happen right before your eyes. Final thanks for uh, Lorenzo Romar here on a, on a Monday morning. You know, we we talk about the unpredictability of the NCAA this year, and where you know top five teams getting knocked off on a nightly basis by you know twentieth ranked teams or unranked teams. But in reality, if you look a little bit deeper, it has been fairly predictable. And the predictability is is where is the game played? I, I am looking at Cal's home versus road Pac-12 record, and I'm seeing win against Colorado, Utah at home. Lost three in a row at Oregon, at Oregon State, at Stanford. Win-win against ASU and Arizona at home. And then loss-loss against Utah and Colorado on the road. And then three wins in a row at home. They have won every single home game. They have lost every single road game. And that's kind of across the board, isn't it, Coach? I mean, it is difficult to get wins in college basketball away from your building. It really is. It really is, especially in this league uh, that we're playing. And, and, you know, the thing that's a little frustrating is – we had an opportunity against Utah and Arizona at home uh, to win those games. We, especially against Arizona, I thought we played really well, and we didn't come up with the victory. But on the flip side, you talk about the freshmen. Freshmen don't usually win on the road. We're three and four in conference on the road, yeah. uh, and I, I think that's pretty good. If we would have taken care of business at home right now, we could lit- literally would be in first place. So we're just just that close to it and uh we have two games remaining on the road hopefully we can do a good job there but it is difficult uh uh to win games on the road if you win games on the road in this league you got you got a chance to do just fine you think if you take care of business at home for the rest of the year and uh and get to that 10 win mark you think that's enough coach well, I, I don't know in terms of what's enough. I know that uh, the Cal game is going to be huge for us. Cal is playing great basketball right now, and 
they're going to be coming in here. And, you know, as you said, maybe they have not done as well on the road. But uh, everyone's back is against the wall for one reason or another in this league right now, whether you're in first place or in last place. Everyone has something to fight for. And uh, we – I don't think right now we can get we we can get caught up afford to get caught up into what we need to do other than we need to come out and play our best in this next game. Sounds good, Coach. We'll be uh, looking forward to watching your uh, two games this week at home. Okay, thanks for having me. You bet, Lorenzo Romar on a weekly basis. Brought to you by the Lorenzo Romar Foundation. Go to LorenzoRomarFoundation.org. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.